the thing that my mom was really worried about, it's, this is a brutal thing to say, but it's the truth. Like she was worried that no one would love me, <laughs> which is so dramatic and makes my mom sound like an, uh, like a Disney villain. <laughs> We're so lucky today to be joined by Erin McGathy. Erin McGathy is an American podcaster and comedian who has found her home here in Dublin since moving here in 2016. Erin was so generous to come in and talk to us about her mother, Susan, who sadly passed away when Erin was just 16. I think we have a really, really open conversation about her experiences and living with grief, um, not just when you lose the person in the immediate years after, but uh, many years later, how um, it comes in different forms and shows itself up in our lives. I felt like I learned a lot just from chatting with Erin for a short time, and uh, it was really great to have her join us on Grief Encounters. So our next guest, I was lucky enough to see perform at The Moth. That's the first time Erin McGathy kind of registered on my radar. And I was really taken with her incredible ability to tell a very, very, very funny story. And I went home and I said to my husband, oh, my God, I saw this girl and she was so great. And he was like, duh, I know who she is. So we talked about you for a little bit. This all sounds a little bit creepy. Um, <laughs> but we talked about your work and who you are. And um, I was he was so surprised that you were in Dublin. And we had this great conversation around it. Um, I started following you then. And then um, I was really, really moved by a post that you put up about your mom. Hmm. Um, I read it again this morning and I cried the second time <laughs> um, because I thought it was really beautiful um, the way that you were t acknowledging her and remembering her on Mother's Day. Um, thank you for joining us on the podcast. Thanks so much for having me. Yeah. I'm happy to be here, happy to be a part of your marriage. I had no idea. There <laughs> There you go. It, it's going to get weirder than that, I promise you. But we always usually start the podcast talking a little bit about the person you lost. So mm. tell us about who your mom was. Uh, my mom's name was Susan McGathy. Uh, it's it's funny. It's it, it's not early in the morning. It's really not. But it is funny. First thing, like, all right, let's yeah. get into that. Yeah, we're going to go straight. I know. And, it's, and that's the thing. Like, it's not easy stuff to talk about no I mean I'm here for I mean I it, I almost want to start crying right away because it's she passed away when I was 16 and getting to talk about her her getting the the idea of people talking about her yeah. is really nice but she was she was a very creative person she was a theology professor and then retired to um be a full-time mom and she taught me how to do every sort of DIY thing I know how to do. She was also incredibly uh, stubborn and flawed and uh, expected expected a lot. And I think um, when she passed away, I mean, it's hard, it's hard to know where her evolution as a person would have gone. But um, sadly, when she, uh, I'm feeling a bit self-conscious talking about her like this, but when she passed away, like she was having a hard time um, with her own self-identity, and so a lot of her, a lot of her kind of bullshit surrounding her own. Oh, are we? We can't. Yeah, yeah, you can, okay. you can. Great, great. Yeah, encouraged. Yeah, all of her cunty grossness. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, just joking. Um, Jesus, I am. I'm sorry, man. Uh, no, all of all of all of the all the kind of all the sludge that she had around her, who she was as a person, mm. and her her body stuff, and 
her, I think, maybe questioning if she didn't use her talents as much as she yeah. should have kind of spilt out on me because yeah. of, you know, of mother's daughters, that old, that old yeah. thing. And that age is and that age, like yeah. that age is a really hard time for I think the age she was was a really hard time for women. Mm. And then to have a daughter that age and the hormone situation that's going on where you're trying to figure yourself out. And that I think what you talked about, by the expectations that she had of you, like, mm. I wonder how hard I don't have a teenage daughter, but I wonder how hard it is to navigate those waters of trying not to have any yeah. expectations and let someone be themselves and not yeah. drag your stuff. It must have been hard for both of you. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah, I'm sure. Like, I, I remember I remember thinking at the time, I know this is hard for her and she's dying but I'm so mad at her I don't care like I don't like I as in I don't I don't have empathy for her right now and the way that she's talking to me because it was just so I didn't I didn't have the emotional tools to understand what was happening yeah and I she was just so she made it very known that she was so worried that I was going to be unhappy because of the choices that I was making. And that was incredibly hurtful. Yeah, obviously. <laughs> of course it is, because you're you weren't you're not even a fully fo- a 16. You're hardly a fully formed human being. I mean, you no. have so much to go through to figure out who you're going to be. And yeah. some of the choices that you're making, they're all going to add up to who that person is. But at that time, being different or mm. being you know it's like takes a lot of guts and bravery to like put yourself out there at that age and if someone's coming up against you it's like a really that's hard (laughs) yeah the thing that my mom was really worried about and this is a brutal thing to say but it's the truth like she was worried that no one would love me (laughs) which is so dramatic and makes my mom sound like an uh, like a disney villain (laughs) but (laughs) i was overweight and I had no had no concept of like <laughs> I mean grooming like I just was yeah. I just was such a like I was a, I was a tomboy but I'd say beyond that like I just had all of my identity was like inside my brain and inside myself and it is it is who I am now and I've like very like I express myself a lot through the way that I look and dress and present myself but at the time it was all just like inside my head I was just not ready to take it out and my mom she knew she was dying and she was just so worried about what was going to happen after she was gone yeah yeah. I mean I think talking about a lack of empathy we're really going into a hard spot here but I actually (laughs) think talking about a lack of empathy for someone who's dying is actually a really good thing because Mm. I think a lot of people feel it and they feel like the worst person in the whole world of course yeah just because someone's dying doesn't mean that all your first of all all your stuff is usually going to your relationship stuff between the two people is going to rise like way to the top because emotions are running at an all-time high and being mad at a person that's dying I think is so common totally well and you're and you all these things are crystallizing because you're like you're protecting yourself and that's not that's that's the opposite of opening yourself to feeling (laughs) empathy I know exactly like empathy you have to be there's a softness that you Mm -hmm. need um and at 16, also, empathy is a really weird thing because yeah. you probably haven't developed it as much as, you know, you will later in life. It's like yeah. you, you learn how to do it. You really. understand it logically. Yeah. Yeah. I was teaching a workshop for teenagers yesterday. And when we got to the empathy part, it, it, it was very funny. Just the, the conversation. Yeah. They're like, feeling sad when you see sad. <laughs> yes. Yeah, exactly. Indeed. I mean, I always love when you see a group of teenagers 
together. They don't see anybody else. Yeah, and they that's right. I mean, their 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 neurology yeah, exactly. is different, exactly. and I and I love teenagers. Yeah. And, uh, appropriately I appropriately love teenagers (laughs) let's set that straight um so losing her Mm -hmm. and then still being a teenager and still having so much of your life ahead of you yeah and trying to to, you know leave the house and go on to that part of your life where you're growing up and you're kind of becoming an adult what was that like what were those years like after she was gone where you had to Mm, yeah I like Gosh, it's all so complicated and also not at the same time. How's that for a sentence? It's <laughs> the first line of my novel uh, that won't sell any copies. Um, I, I mean, because because of the time that was in it and the way that I was dealing with things as a teenager, and the way that I, I mean, I'm a I'm a comedian, and now I deal with grief and pain in a in a much more healthy way but at the time i dealt with everything uh by joking about it and making light of it and at a younger and still do thank goodness i have not lost my brother's fault but um i have a younger brother who was uh not a teenager and was very very close to my mom Mm. and i mean we both were but of course like teenage time Etc. Uh, and after my mom died, my dad and my brother were so bereft that they were they were so bereft. And usually, when I talk about this, and I've talked to my dad about this twice, I think because wow. it's so difficult to talk about. But usually, when I talk about this, and I talk about it with friends or whatever, the thing that I say is like they were grieving so hard. They were so sad and they could not take care of themselves mm-hmm. because my mom was the person who took care of everything. I then assumed that rule and took care of them. And that is true. But what is also true is that I didn't know how to deal with my mom's death because when she died, I didn't, I had the experience of not feeling anything. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, because I the feelings were so complicated and the way that I dealt with it at the time was just throwing myself into taking care of my dad and my brother so then like and people at the time uh, adults and and my friends and everyone were like oh it's so amazing the way that you're dealing with this and I remember feeling like you know, a certain amount of shame. I mean, I, I was, of course, sad. It wasn't like I didn't feel anything, yeah. but I didn't feel the big fallout that I yeah. th- thought I would feel. And I really thought that I had dodged a bullet. Like, yeah. I was like, wow, well, like, I must be. Coming, then. Yeah. yeah, like, I just must be so healthy. And yeah. we must have, I mean, she was she was dying for about six months. So we did, you know, it was six months of grieving and um and at the end she was very very sick and in a lot of pain and uh so we had the complicated thing of like hoping that her pain would end and uh, i mean the moment that that she she died like the loss of that the pain of that was like so palpable but afterwards i felt like pretty okay pretty quickly and i think i told myself (laughs) that i was fine and people around me were like, oh, you're so strong, you're so great. And then that became part of my identity, yeah. being just like this super mm-hmm. strong person. Yeah. 
but then <laughs> it catches it up with you. And uh, like, uh, I'm still de- like last last year, I'd say I dealt with it more than I ever have in like a huge way. Yeah, yeah. I think having these conversations now, like years later, is so beneficial to people because it is like, you know, I hate to use the word, but it is a journey. Like it's something it that is, it develops yeah. in different ways. And I think a lot of people go through that numbness or mm-hmm. identity things where they're like, this is how I deal with this. Yeah. Um, so I think it's amazing that you're able to talk about it now and look back and say, you know, it finds its way into your life yeah. in different times. Yeah. Um, when you're dealing with it like years later, that must be a hard thing because to even talking to people about trying to explain what it was like to lose her and then be in the current day and be yeah. talking about it, that must be kind of complicated. Yeah, it feels a bit embarrassing. And obviously, obviously like people are so afraid of losing someone close that mm. the like when they see someone going through it, um, this experience is really common. Like you feel more like you're taking care of the people around you and making placating yeah Yeah. Uh, because you don't want them to feel uncomfortable and people people grieve in such in Mm. such different ways obviously um i mean last year i like found myself alone and uh like had gone through a major breakup and then immediately threw myself into something with somebody else and it was around the holidays and I, I just really didn't want to be alone. And I <laughs> treated this new person like they were going to take care of any, everything. And then that ended very quickly. And then I, I found myself like having to face this thing mm-hmm. with my mom. Um, so that was strange. And then it, part of the embarrassment of that is talking to people like, oh, I, I mean, I didn't. I didn't really say, like, oh, I'm sad about my mom. I would. Like, I would have a couple of drinks and, and, and be like, yeah, it's just, you know, me, my dad is, and I have never talked about my mom. And he said that he was missing her. And, you know, and it's sad. Oh, when did she die? When I was 16. <laughs> That's hard. <laughs> Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds. And they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. If you're looking for a safe haven to express how you feel, share articles, photos, and memories of your loved ones, join the Grief Encounters Facebook group, a place for support, compassion, and empathy for those grieving. But I think the drinks thing, like, yeah. I don't mean to bring up something that seems so yeah. small but actually is quite significant, mm. I think... Even like certainly for me, my mom is gone. My dad's gone ten years, and my mom's five years. Mm. And you get me, you get me, you get me four pints, and it's like it comes up. Yeah. It and like I'm not saying every single time, but I think these things are in our like they're just like they're like sloshing around inside our bodies and our minds and our who we are. And it's yeah. like the minute you kind of unlock anything, you know, those things do like 
tend to like pour out. Yeah. And it can be so weird because the other person, you know, sometimes is looking <laughs> at you like, oh no, it's the dead thing. <laughs> I think what you said about people being scared, that mm. is so true that people are afraid of their people dying. Mm-hmm. So if they know that your person died and it was really bad. Yeah. Or they know that years later they could still be struggling with this. I think that's another one. Like people are like, okay, so she's like five years and she's still really upset. <laughs> like, what does that mean if it happens to me? Yeah. So it like just shines a weird light on on them. And that's mm-hmm. a, a crazy thing. Yeah. I don't okay. know if you, this is a weird question for you, but why do you like, why do you think people are so uncomfortable with the sad stuff and talking about mm. the sad stuff? Well, I wonder if it has something to do with the, what is it, the the uh, the just world bias, the idea that we as human beings, we believe that good things happen to good people and bad mm. things happen to bad people. Like if someone's wallet gets stolen, the first question is like, well, where you were do? you walking? Yeah. What were you, you Especially know? Especially women. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <clears throat> exactly. Um, I think maybe... Some of the same applies to people who experience death where it's Mm. like trying to we're trying to figure out not that it's that person's fault or anything, Mm. but it's there's a I think there's a certain amount of without empathy, empathy cures all that. Mm. But like without actively exercising empathy, I think part of the person is like, well, you know, what did what did they do wrong in a way like or what can I do to To avoid that yeah yeah I think talking about like I mean I always I this is a hard thing to say but I feel like kind of like damaged goods because of it sometimes Mm -hmm. like I'm like yeah my people died which means we weren't like our immune systems were terrible exactly well that's the just world thing isn't (laughs) it like like, we put it on ourselves as well and you kind of feel like like you're going around being like I'm like I'm somehow less than the people who managed to like yeah. You know, whenever I see like healthy, like, cause I'm American as well. Um, and in America, I feel like there's like a lot more like super tan, like super rich, mm. like people who have their shit together and like nothing ever seems to go wrong. This is obviously my yeah, own there's stuff more... I'm projecting. But... <laughs> <laughs> well, there's definitely more of a culture in the U.S. of like, or I'm from California, which I think even, even more so everyone's like, everything's fine. Yeah. Why are you talking about anything That's negative? Fine. Like yeah, exactly. we're having a nice time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But you see people yeah. in like their 70s and 80s now who are like visiting their grandkids and taking care of their grandkids, doing all these mm. sorts, of, sorts of like active human things. And you, you, yeah. I like want to have all that, yeah. but I'm also like I don't know if the odds are stacked against because we're in this damaged goods situation. Like I mean, which is well, crazy to think. You but. mentioned my my Instagram post. Like it's crazy how on Mother's Day or anything, or like mm. whenever someone like it's like it's uh it's my grandma's 90th birthday and she's still every day yeah, exactly. she, she goes to yoga <laughs> I know and she fucks like it's just <laughs> look at my hot grandma. And, and, and she's ever- like always dressed to perfection and she's all I know it's yeah. like, I don't know that grandma I know well and when we're dating someone new it's like oh yeah, yeah. everyone in my family um <laughs> perfect jeans I guess <laughs> it's like, yeah that's yeah. a good point too like um so we have something else in common I've never talked about this on the podcast I moved to Dublin after I got divorced mm. um and I yeah <laughs> Why have we not hung out? Yeah, I don't know how this. When I read it, you, I, was, I haven't I, seen you at the club. Exactly. That's where we go at the runaway divorce. But club. it was like a really liberating, um, really 
like it, it was a, a, a great thing um, mm. for me and, and I think maybe for you as well. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, but those experiences of like big things and doing them without mm. your people. Yeah. How is she with you now? Like in terms of when you're going through mm. something like where you're, you have to be, I think, I'll say, I think you have to be kind of like extra brave and extra awesome to do all these things without some extra love and support that other people might have. Like yeah, you have to kind absolutely. of have like some yeah. stuff inside of you yeah. that makes you kind of like make these choices and do these kind of strong things. Mm. Uh, maybe, I, you know, but like it's okay to give yourself kudos sometimes. And I think. No, it is. You know, like, yeah. Like when it's, when like life. <laughs> challenges you and you do something it takes a lot and all the people in your life are like what are you, what are you doing, doing? <laughs> exactly and mm. i think from your post i mean correct me if i read it wrong but i think you're kind of saying that she's sort of like there's that she's still she's still here like love is yeah. eternal like yeah that's such a nice question like i, I for as complicated as things were when she passed away like her um she really believed in me and expected a lot out of me and there's you know positives and negatives in that but um her I do very strongly feel like she's with me and it 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 emerges like in weird ways where like sometimes I'll be and I and I don't even mean this in like kind of a ghostly way but like I feel like this is because a lot of the fabric of, of what makes up who I am and the things that I like about myself are definitely things, you know, woven by her or even like mm. genetic things from her. But I think more so just um, things that she taught me. But like sometimes I'll be I'll be right. I have really, really bad handwriting, like really, really, really like uniquely bad handwriting. Um and my mom had a really beautiful handwriting. And every now and again, like, all of a sudden, my handwriting will look identical to hers. Oh, wow. And that will feel like like she's... It's it's just a nice reminder that she's here with me. I think the reason I related to it so much was that I have a three-year-old girl. And it, what it made... Because it, I'm always thinking I'm going to die. Um, it made me think of... <laughs> It actually made because I I don't know that I feel that my mom is with me all the time. I wish I did, but I, mm. I sometimes feel quite lo like lost in that. But I felt, yeah. I felt how wonderful it would it be for my daughter if I was gone, but like mm. years later she still felt my presence or knew that I was yeah. still part of her. Because in my opinion, because I now have a child, she'll, I will always be. She will, I'll always be with her in whatever way. Yeah, I know I will. If I die, like I will. <laughs> yeah, I will like figure out what, I, and I don't even believe. I don't know what I believe, but I certainly will find a way. Sure, yeah, to like weave course. myself back into her life, or to hopefully give her <laughs> lessons where she knows. But you know, it's something that we talk about here. Like I think everyone has really different feelings about what happens after. Mm. You know, and not not necessarily religious beliefs or anything like that, but just. Where does the person go? I think what you said at the very beginning of the podcast is actually really true, which is still talking about her. Yeah. That's something like when you yeah. get the chance to still mention the person or that, and then yeah. they kind of have another, it's like they're, they're kind of bringing them back for a second yeah. by saying, oh, she was this or she was that. A lot of times, and especially I imagine in your circumstance, people stop asking, like they don't mm -hmm. necessarily ask questions about her, who she was or what her personality was like. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Which is, yeah, which is really sad for so many reasons um yeah um yeah when I say when I say that I feel like she's 
with me. I don't, yeah, I don't feel it's, it's, uh, it's very, I don't know what the word I'm looking for is like, it's not, it's not like in the traditional sense, like in a lifetime movie, like, like my, my mom is translucent, like of behind course. me while I'm yeah. signing the lease on a house or something. <laughs> but you know, all those big moments. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, it's, it's, uh, you don't realize the impact that someone has on you. And I very much feel like she's here but when I feel like she's here, I feel like she's like, <laughs> I don't mean this because it sounds gross, but like inside me or like yeah. part of her, like just in yeah. the. Well, she is in the yeah. sense like genetically, like, an, like, you know, your DNA, all that stuff. So I know what you mean. Yeah. 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 Like she, thing. like she was, I mean, I, I don't, I definitely don't think that I would, I know that I wouldn't be here in Ireland if it wasn't for her and her just like she would just decide to do something or just decide that something was going to be fine and it just would be yeah. and she would just find the way to do stuff and like she she like that her and my dad together like they like that really rubbed off on him as well like all of us like she she was just incredibly, incredibly uh, uh, headstrong and also resilient and wouldn't take excuses for something not being as good as it mm. could be. Like she would call you out like if it wasn't, if some, if you weren't really giving something your all. Yeah. And that also, I think like that, that part of her really tortured her as well. And like my parents had this really nice balance of uh, my my dad's a pastor. So it was very, oh, was yeah. very like uh, convenient in that way. But like my mom would be the person that was like, no, we can do better. Like we can be, we can make this amazing. Let's like when it came to projects or like my parents did a lot of renovations on their house and I'm actually like I'm my uh, my theater company uh, we just we just signed the lease on a place and we're gonna have to do all this DIY stuff That's and cool. I'm so excited and, and like right now I'm just I, I feel I feel like possessed with the spirit of my mom like I'm going to do all these things because I I know that I can because I saw her doing all these things and that voice of no excuses I think that's like even though she might not have loved that about herself it's, it's yeah actually, we all I mean I know I need it sometimes where I'm like no that excuse like read through yourself like look through yourself a little bit and be like that excuse isn't gonna fly this could this you know you, there's more to this you could do better at this or this could yeah. be a better thing and it's not it's tough <laughs> yeah you know what I mean but like if yeah. that makes you make this theater amazing and use the tools that she taught you then it's like yeah. kind of an incredible thing and in the, in the same way because I'm a director and so like in the, <laughs> I mean like the the great part of that is that like it's what it, what it really is is like expecting a lot out of myself and also like I, I mean the negative part um which actually came out in rehearsal last night like I do I expect a lot yeah. and so I kind of like this about my style of directing and then sometimes I'm like mm, this is a bit too much too, too much for people but just like like no you're going to do that yeah. again because you can do better yeah. I know you can do better which people appreciate but also can be a bit harsh sometimes yeah. and I have a hard like I'm I'm an I'm a, I'm a good blend of my my dad and my mom um my dad my dad is incredibly like soft and like every you know everything's 
fine. And, yeah. uh, you know, then my mom's like, yeah, everything's fine. But, but, yeah, but. <laughs> but like, let's strive for something yeah, greater. Do, yeah. Because when I hear my mom in my head, like, in a great way, it's she, like, I hear her saying, like, you can do this because you're Aaron. Like you are Aaron, so you can like she really in, instilled in me like a like a really strong sense of self, and and then just like when I became a teenager and I wasn't hot, she was like, no, but I was <laughs> but hot. You could be hot. You could yeah. be hot. <laughs> and who wants to turn down the chance to be hot, Aaron? That's I know like the number one thing when you're 16, you have to be hot. Oh She's my god, it's such like, a like, it's, it's so a, funny. It's She's like, Aaron, you're so tall. Oh yeah, too. anyway, crazy. like it yeah. is like. Being hot when yeah. you're 16 is like, I know, I know. that's hard. Um, uh, the one thing I, I'm going to admit, I've been, I, like, I feel quite like, I don't, this is going to sound really weird and I'm throwing the interview off a little bit, I think, hmm. when I say this, but like, I feel quite, like, I, following your career, I feel quite jealous of your oh courage to like oh. do like, that like, makes you more sense. <laughs> so you're like, what is happening now? You're jealous of my perseverance <laughs> through. No, just like your, um, when you know who you are and you know what you want to do and you've been really successful at doing it in all different ways, um, it's such a brilliant thing to watch somebody do, like to come to another country and find oh, their places here as well. Like you had all these oh, places ditto. in America, you know what yeah, I mean? And yeah. you still travel. Like you go all mm-hmm. sorts of places where you have opportunities to create. How has creation and the kind because it seems like you do kind of like variants of different things in terms of comedy and in terms of mm-hmm. performing and in terms of, it's not just like one thing. Yeah. Um, like, what is that process? How did that process kind of come to be in your life? And how has it helped you, do you think? Mm-hmm. Just not even necessarily with grief, but just like emotions and dealing with stuff. Because it must be cathartic, yeah. I have to imagine. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, it really, losing my mom at 16 really informs the way that I approach everything. Because it's, in a way, it's a privilege because like you've, you've, uh, as you know yourself I'm sure like yeah. you've seen like kind of the and and especially for you losing both of your parents like you like the worst thing has happened yeah I mean not the you yeah, <laughs> not the worst thing because you have a daughter that would be <laughs> well I, anyway we talked about that on the last episode someone said that to me after my mom died they said oh no well you know worse things could happen and I was like Fuck I hadn't off. even I was like yeah, oh my no. god what are you talking about yeah horrific yeah it's it's profound when you lose somebody and everyone around you is especially at 16 when you're like you you equally feel like you know everything and then you're starting to realize like mm-hmm. oh shit I don't actually know everything but then when my mom died and adults were like acting so insane around me yeah. <laughs> and didn't know how to talk to me and I I was just like, it, it just, I just wanted to say everyone, like, just talk to me. Just yeah. be my friend. I did a thing, like, people would always ask me, like, what can I do? What can I do for you? Because they, like, felt so bad for us. And my yeah. dad was the pastor of a church, so we had, like, this whole community of people. Yeah. yeah. We were very sweetly were, were all trying to help. And I just started to say to people, like, I would love some lime jello. And <laughs> yeah, so physical easy physical things that they could yeah just, do. just yeah. so they would feel better yeah. because I was like I have to like make these people feel better so I just had boxes Sending and boxes of lime jello so with creativity I'm very willing to and excited to talk about dark things on stage too and not just death like I've also like you know I've had a divorce 
That shit's like, dark, also, I know. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, among uh, other things, uh, I see, I mean, comedy is the... Comedy is the medium in which I <laughs> work, but, but um, comedy is comedy is drama. Just you're having to also use like make the audience laugh and enjoy themselves. Like you're using their laughter, which is essentially like empathy and surprise yeah. to share yourself and your message. And it's it's way harder and way more important than drama. Just. <laughs> That is way my message. Ha- way harder. Way like, harder. No doubt. Like, I mean, I can't to get like to get a person to laugh, and to get a room full of people to laugh, or to get like a, or you know, an auditorium of people. Yeah, like, it's, an, it's. I can make people cry and confused any day of the week. Arts council. <laughs> um, but but we, my husband and I were talking a lot. And I'm definitely going down a different road here, but about Louis C.K. and why he, mm. my husband, feels so betrayed. Yeah, because he felt like we would be watched like we saw him live you know and lots of times and watched everything and whatever and loved him but he felt like his authenticity like that the heart of it like the he, he felt yeah. really betrayed by the laughs being taken like mm. all those laughs they were based in this human connection especially yeah. with his comedy well, he where, took advantage of that he took advantage of people <laughs> he was like, like i'm showing my full self this and is my he wasn't. Yeah. yeah and that mm. and the betrayal in it is that like it's almost like a trust thing that comedians have with people because mm-hmm. when they do kind of delve into if it, you know, if it's not real. Yeah. You get, and like we're in a really weird time for comedy as well, obviously, because, you know, yeah. I think people are being a lot of stuff that they're doing or have done has been a spotlight's been put on it. But um, thank you for using what you do. I think having you here in Ireland is an amazing thing. Oh, thank you so um, much. That's so nice. Which is <laughs> cool to see all the stuff you've been doing here. And thank you for doing this episode because uh, I think you will agree it's not always the easiest thing to talk about. And It's it, not. It, it's complicated. It, I, and I, I, it just feels like a bunch of word garbage. I feel like I swallowed a bunch of words and I just <laughs> peeped them and they don't mean anything. I think I felt like we learned a lot of it, you and your mom, and also for people who are listening who are looking back at a time in their life when they lost someone and they're still going through it, which was what our last episode, Giles Paley Phillips lost his mom at six and he said it didn't really didn't right. come into his life until he was much older. Yeah. Um, we had a lot of people reach out about that. So thank you so much. Yeah, of course. Thanks for having me. Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at uh1.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.